We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You gotta have a like the why, and we know our why. So I think you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help, you can get a roadmap, you can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K&K. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Value Add Podcast with K&K. This is our first podcast we recorded in the office since the quarantine, right? I don't so. know. I don't think we've had Monty? anybody in here, have we? No, Yay! Okay, uh, so here we uh, are, yeah. back in our lovely podcast. I'm rusty. Yeah. Clearly, clearly. Oh, so. that's lovely. <laughs> I think I look rusty. Do I sound rusty? Um... So we're going to jump right in. Today's topic is the current lending environment. And what I want to dive into with this particular subject is just kind of an overview of residential and commercial, like what's going on and what's not going on, because there's a lot of that too. And also, um, I'm going to dive in because I think a lot of people right now, as Crystal, you're getting the calls too, and I'm getting, but they're different, is people are saying, should I refi? Should I wait? What's going on with rates? You think they're going to go lower? Is there a benefit to refi? And I kind of was going to give a couple scenarios um, that will probably be snippets, and you can see them in an email or on Instagram or just listen to the podcast here. Nice plug. So anyways, Crystal, let's talk about the current lending environment. So um, if you guys caught our um, – we had a great podcast with Grant Cardone – and you listen to anybody that's like a syndicator, a lot of people are saying financing is going to come back in 60, anywhere from like 60 days to 120 days, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I'm listening to things, there's definitely some things loosening up. There's definitely some rates coming out that are becoming very attractive that are getting now people that a month, two months ago were like, yeah, we're not going to do anything. Now it's starting to make sense to refi. So can you kind of jump in of what's starting to kind of break through a little bit? And then what you kind of, th when you think things are prediction of things loosening up and what would be loosening up that's tight, that's making, that's making problematic in lending right now. Sure. Um, so first off, I think that that podcast with Grant Cardone was super helpful. Um, that being said, I think uh, when Grant talks about that stuff, it's important to note that these are for larger deals. So in the bigger deal space, when you're usually getting agency debt, I get that those loans are super unattractive because the agencies are, for the most part, uh, still requiring mortgage uh, payments to be held back for six to 12 months minimum. So that is unattractive to have your cash tied up because you have to make that payment on top of everything. They did just get rid of the requirement to hold um, taxes and insurance, that. Okay. which is cool. Because honestly, that could be a lot of money on a it's a, a good amount of yeah. money, but it's still a lot of money to hold back your mortgage payments, and especially if the property's demonstrated really good collections, and you know there's so much government assistance out there. So I, I think that I can understand where he came from with that. So as far as our deal size, I would say the average deal size for us, um, well, I mean we're generally in the more like one to like five ish million range, maybe okay. some bigger deals. Those deals are generally done through banks especially where we're at in Southern California. It's a bigger market. It's more oh, competitive. It's California There's in general. a lot of really yeah. competitive lenders here. So the banks, for the most part, have started coming back. Um, 
I think probably everywhere you go, you're going to see that there's a couple of very competitive lenders and then everybody else is still kind of trailing behind. So some lenders are still requiring the payment reserve. Um, some lenders have still uh, have their rates increased due to COVID. Some are using higher vacancies. So there's really kind of a, a spread across the board of everybody doing a little bit different things. Uh, that being said, we do have some extremely competitive rates, rates that are lower than kind of pre-COVID or around the same. So for example, you could still get like a five-year fixed at like today, probably 3.35 or so. You could get a seven-year rate. Wow, now, three that's and a good. Percent. Is that where you guys were before or was it kind of getting there before? Honestly, pre-COVID, there wasn't really... Uh, yeah, I mean, rates, honestly, I had one lender that had dropped their rates to that level and then COVID hit and they were like, oh yeah, we're not lending anymore. So we had like a couple mm -hmm. days maybe of lower rates. I would say that everybody else was pretty much around the like three and a half range. So to see them dip below that kind of floor, that kind of, uh, unspoken floor of three and a half is really good. I think that we'll have more lenders jumping on that bandwagon as they start to compete for new business. But um, that said, their underwriting guidelines are a little bit more conservative. So that program in particular would be like a 70% max LTV on a purchase or a refi with no cash out. If you want cash out, they're at 65. Um, some lenders are allowing you maybe 70% on cash out. So it's really kind of a combination. If you come to me today, I have to look because the options are very different. And I have to kind of say, what's most important to you? Is it low leverage? Is it, you know, what is exactly the deal? Um, so what's not getting done? Not on, not on commercial, but in, in let's just talk multifamily right now. Because we know retail uh, is probably impossible. So, uh, and then office, but on multifamily, where are people having a problem right now? Interest only is less available. Okay. It's still there, but it's more case by case and less available. Um, also, max LTV is much, much less available, if at all. So... Pre-COVID, you could maybe get away with purchases at a 115 debt coverage. Um, now it's minimum 120, if not 125, and we're qualifying at higher rates. So your loan dollars are definitely getting affected. Um, so I would say that those are the two big things. The other thing is, too, is if you had a kind of a questionable deal, let's say like a deal in a kind of a rough neighborhood, or maybe you had like some credit issues or there's like some liquidity issues, um, lenders are less likely to make those um, concessions. I will tell you, all the deals we're doing right now, it's kind of wild because for the most part, it's like somebody who has a ton of cash in the bank who's super low leverage, probably somebody I would never have financed before. Uh, but now financing is so scarce and you can't go to the major players that were there. They're still not on the market. So we're getting a lot of that business. So I can tell you. It's happened last, last cycle too. This is what happens. Yeah, but there's a lot of great borrowers with really conservative loans that they need. And the banks are taking those over the person who's less financeable or who has, you know, deals with a little bit of hair on it. So lenders are able to kind of be more selective right now and not take the risk. So what are the lenders saying about? Um, what are they looking for to when they'll open things up? What are the are you talking to them? Do you know? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's kind of a wait and see approach still because uh, while it's great that collections are improving and that's why certain lenders have started come, to come back to the market, they kind of know that multifamily is still our bread and butter. I mean, at the end of the day, let's face it, multifamily won out again. Like as far as all of the different asset classes that you could purchase, multifamily is still a winner. So even though people are losing their jobs and going on unemployment, they are getting unemployment. They do need a place to live. 
Um, so at some, like that's the, the safest thing that you could be in. So some lenders are really confident with that and they're good with it. Other lenders are nervous about how many people aren't gonna pay rent. They're nervous about declining rents, um, increased vacancy, all this kind of stuff. In my personal opinion, I think it's a little bit irrational for a lender to think that because like I said, if you're stuck at home, you're stuck at home. Like people aren't moving as much. People aren't, you know, trying to do any of that kind of stuff. So I don't know what the big risk is, but that is the major concern of lenders. And I think they're looking for a little bit more certainty. And with the recent spikes, I think that's just prolonging them to continue to stay conservative. So quickly, um, is there anything going on on like office, retail, things like that? Or is it pretty tough to get a deal done? Those are tougher deals for sure. Um, they are getting done. Retail, I would say, is almost dead. Okay. I mean, it's it's pretty much almost dead. Um, office and industrial um, are getting done on a case-by-case basis. It really depends, but I will say the lender's going to scrutinize who the tenant is. And um, like, for example, I recently had a, a deal where I thought it would have been a slam dunk. It was single tenant, but it was also in Little Italy. So like crazy good location. The guy owns the property free and clear. He has several million dollars in the bank. He was wanting to borrow like $2 million at like a 30% loan to value. That sounds like a slam dunk, right? Okay, the problem is, is there was a, like three years left on the lease and it was a software company that's backed by a billion dollar public company. But what was what business were they in? Aviation. Aviation software. What's not happening a lot right now? People aren't flying. So the lender was, uh, most people were backing Did out. You, you couldn't get the deal done? We ended up finding the deal, but it still wasn't as good as I thought it should be. Like, yeah. It wasn't as competitive yeah. as I thought it I mean, it's a kind of a no-brainer. It's and, a no-brainer. And, 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 and the guy had, had a lot of cash. Yeah. If I had $2 million of my own money, I'd give it to the guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Because um, he had plenty more than the loan amount of cash. Yes. Okay. So, so retail, hotels, probably impossible. Some of these. So basically, these, this is just going to have to see how things go. Yes. We are, though, however, um, we could do. I have a hotel deal right now, a very, like, a decent-sized hotel deal. Um, they would actually fund some of those deals right now, just depending on who you are. Of course, this happens to be like across the street from the ocean and their collections are, sorry, their occupancy is really good now again. And we're seeing that with a lot of hotels, people are doing more staycation type things and, or traveling, you know, where they can drive road trips, yeah, road trips. So the hotels are actually getting more bookings. Um, so you could get a hotel loan right now. It would be hard, but if you absolutely needed one, I would say that there's a possibility you could get one just depending okay cool so let's talk about um i think for a lot of people if they're not going to refi now i think there's going to be obviously you know in your industry i think you guys are that's going to open up for multifamily in let's say three nine months really open up and maybe somebody's in a prepay or not or whatever so where does if somebody wants to refi um maybe they have a one-year prepay where does it make sense what's the benefit so that's a really tough uh, thing to kind of nail down on multifamily. Like residential is a little bit different because you have so many less variables that you're working on. Um, I will say that if you are a person who is in a loan where you have a prepay, but you're a long-term holder and let's say you just want to reduce your rate, it makes more sense if you're going into a longer-term fixed than a shorter-term fixed because you're going to make up that cost over that period of time. Um, so like, let's say you want, you have a prepay and you want to go into a five-year fixed, 
it's really hard to make up the cost of paying the prepay plus your loan cost to, to really make that make sense unless your rate's really high. Like unless you're going from like a 6% interest rate to like three and a half or so, that that's probably worth it. But if you're at even 5% and I can get you a three and a half percent interest rate or 3.3, it depends on how much prepay is left for you. So I just had a guy that came to me that has a yield maintenance prepay and Oof. he was yeah, he was considering paying it off. He had it priced out in um, like November or December, and it was calculated at a hundred grand. It kind of was worth it for him to redo it for the reasons that he wanted the cash out, and he would have recouped that cash if he had gone on the ten-year fixed. If he had gone on the seven-year fixed, it was about break-even. But the problem is, is that when he went back, I said go back to your agency lender and have them recalculate it because the treasury's tanked during COVID. So you probably have a bigger prepay. He came back to me and said, you're right. Uh, they recalculated it and it's 150,000 now instead. Well, like 144 instead of like 102 or whatever. So you want to kind of check on that stuff. It really depends on your prepay. Okay, cool. Well, anything else we should know? Um. I would say that if you are looking about at refinancing, it may not be today, but it may also be a good time. So it really just depends on your scenario. So if you're looking for a rate and term and you're fairly conservative um, LTV, there's actually some really competitive options out there. So what I would say is even if you're not sure that you're ready, it's worthy, it's worthy of starting the conversation now so that way you can stay in touch with us and know when the right time is to proceed because we're going to tell you. I'm going to say, hey, wait. Or have, this actually looks like a good time. Like if you don't have to refinance now, maybe wait. Or actually, this is really competitive. So it just depends. And how long is it taking to get deals done now? <laughs> well, with people working from home, uh, I would say that it's not quick generally. So for the most part, I would say lenders are using every bit of about 60 days to close. And if they open up and the volume goes through the roof, that could be turned into 90 days pretty quickly for some lenders. Potentially, but what happens in um, multifamily oftentimes is that we don't get as bogged down as you may have in residential because what they do is they just raise rates to slow down volume. Um, so they're a little bit more strategic, I would say, about taking in new volume. Yeah, they'll raise it, catch up, drop it, raise it. It, it. They'll do this. They'll drop it for two, raise it for two weeks, then drop it back down. And in, and you know, it's kind of like. Uh, a lot of one lender may be competitive one month or one week and then the next lender the next week it's somebody else too just depending on volume so yeah absolutely I would say that on the commercial side we definitely tend to play that game a little bit more to just control volume okay so let's talk about residential then we can talk let's about, talk about residential yeah let's all the fun things um, so what is it what kind of things are you doing in residential that are really, really competitive right now? I mean, where the opportunities are, basically. That's what we're talking yes. about. Um, and I'm going to go through some scenarios later. But the opportunity is the refinance right now, for sure. And the purchase is there. But there's not as much houses on the market. The buyers really aren't out there. So if you are in the market to purchase, it is competitive. It is. So inventory is low. Yeah. You better be pre-approved fully. You better be ready to go. You better be ready to lower your contingency removal period. You better be ready to close fast and, you know, go. So 
the great news is, is obviously is um, now that I'm very excited that I'm a mortgage broker, as you know, it's not only made my life easier, but it's also great to be able to give more options to clients, which means better rate, better service. And overall, that means less, less money out of their pocket, right? So the opportunity right now in residential is refinancing for sure your primary residence. Um, I'm talking 700000 and below. Jumbo market for us is a little scarce. I mean, I know there are other banks and stuff that are, because our secondary market and jumbo went away, the buyers went away. They're just not there. They are going to come back. They're not back yet. They're not back. We're, we're hearing like August. So we still have time. So a lot of people are going to banks, the big banks, which, you know, are, um, I just talked to a guy today and he just called in and he was telling me that he's doing a refine his house with the bank and they quoted him 90 days. Wow. And he's like, this is ridiculous. So, um, the cool thing is that, you know, 700,000 and below is all Fannie Mae debt. Right. And then we have, um, 510 to 701 is high balance. And then 510 and below is that's the sweet spot right there. So anybody that's needs to refi primary residence rates are insane because of, I think COVID they've turned up. I don't know how Fannie does it. I don't write their code, but they've turned up the volume on basically appraisal waivers. So if you have like a 90% LTV or lower and it's owner occupied, you're almost getting a problem getting appraisal waivers on like every single loan right now. So Imagine this, you know, you call me, you go, Hey, Kenny, I want to refi. Great. Crystal. Here's the list. Give me your stuff. You give me back the stuff. You know, it's on a Wednesday. You give me the stuff on a Thursday, right? We get to disclose that on Friday. You click sign. We send it over to a lender. Remember no appraisal needed. Mm -hmm. Send your stuff in with one of my lenders. For example, I'll have approval on Monday, a Monday. That's huge. Yeah. Then on Monday, I send you a needs list out and you go, Crystal, I need these couple items. Great. Mm -hmm. Send it back over. And by this time, we have to, you know, they start verifying employment and things like that, right? So basically, we send everything back. You give us go back Tuesday. We send it back into lender. We get clear to close. We get the CD going and you're ready to go. You're in line for docs. So I've had files six days, eight days, 10 days, what all this stuff, clear to close. We're closing refis in two day, two weeks. Wow. And it, I, I remember, isn't there a limit to how quickly you can close a loan? Yeah. You I have to take so long. Yeah, I think you cannot legally close a loan faster. I think it's like eight or ten days. Yeah, okay. it's something. Yeah. Because you so you're basically closing them as fast as you're legally allowed to close. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. And so the cool thing about it is a lot of times, and unfortunately, you know, I hate to say this, but this is the truth. This is like some inside information you guys are getting right here is – a lot of times you go to a company that has great service, speed, but they also don't have the best rates right? because there's a reason why. And, you know, that's volume control and this is what they do. Or they need – they basically need to um, have more support staff right. because they get it through. So not only are you getting the best service, the quickest loan you will ever close, I'm telling you it will be, the rates are insane too. So you're literally – this is built – for it's a machine built to just slam stuff through. It's almost like a mod, honestly. I feel like we're almost doing low mods right now. Like VA, VA and FHA do pretty much do a low mod. You know, it's like the Earl or the Streamline VA. It's like just in and out, no appraisal, no nothing. That's almost what we're getting to with Fannie and Freddie. And I don't understand why they wouldn't just do that because it's going right back to them anyways. What does it matter? You know? Right. Um, so there's that. 
So the savings, I would say the average savings too. I mean, people are saving. I mean, I have people saving $600, $800 a month. That's huge. I mean, they had a good rate. They're yeah. like, they had a good rate. It wasn't yeah. terrible. But when your rate goes from four something, which is still great, and all of a sudden you're getting three. So basically, if someone just refinanced, let's say a year ago, yeah. should they look at their loan again right now? 100%. I mean, if you have a rate above three and a half and you're not like calling me or somebody, I'm just saying, what does it take? It's 10 minutes. Let me just give you an example. So let's take a $500,000 loan amount, okay? You're at, you refied a year ago. You got 3.875. Yep. Great rate. Yeah. Okay. Today you're at 2.875. So then you go, does it make sense to refi? So let's say Crystal, no appraisal, real, like quick close, get it done, right? This right. is the environment. It's not everywhere. This, this, this deal is not everywhere. I'm not saying I'm but the only one. But even if you here. had to get an appraisal. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just talk. Like who cares? So. Closing costs on your deal, let's just say on an average, you're going to be four to $5,000 with okay. lenders. Maybe higher or lower, but that's just the average, okay? Um, my mine could be, you know, in the threes to five, but let's just call it four or five. So let's just call it 5000 Who cares? Okay, $5,000 for closing costs. Your payment, your savings on that over a year is $33.24. So you're going to make up $5,000 one and a half years. That's huge. Then you're saving. Yeah. So... It's for my business, it's just a no brainer. You know, investment properties are getting more competitive. Like, if you have a single family investment property, you're about three and a half percent right now. Hmm. It was higher, so that market wasn't there. So, what's happening, guys, just like Crystal's, is the longer we go through this stuff, the confidence is coming back, and lenders can get you know, they're opening up more and more lending. So, where the opportunities aren't at for me is like Jumbo. We have some. There are some. It's just not. I don't have twenty lenders. I have three. Right. So I don't have twenty. I have three. So there's just not. I don't have as many options. The second thing that's not there is um, like investment properties cash out. Ugh, it's really. It's priced really terrible right now. Just being honest, two to four units is terrible. Two to four units is okay. I feel like in a couple months it's going to get really good. Do you feel like they're slowly kind of like opening the faucet again? So because if you can get a single family investment property, three and a half percent, that's a really good rate. Yeah. Then the next thing to come would hopefully be the two to four unit financing. Yeah, and that could be. I, I would I would imagine that when we get down the road, if I see two to four unit, and it's at it should be a par rate, should be around three seven five three eight seven five. I think we're going to see that. Right now, it's probably a half a point buy down depending on your scenario. It's not, it's, you know, it's like, it could be a half a point to 4% and 1% buy down to probably three and a half. Cause I haven't locked somebody in currently on a four unit. It's not terrible, but that buy down that's in there, that margin, that's, yeah. that's going to go away. Cause it just, it's the fear. So you might get the same rate. You just won't have to pay to get that rate. Exactly. Okay. So, um, you know, a lot of people are like, should I wait? Three fire rates going to get better. I'm like, look, it's 2.875 in a 30 year. I think the 15 years, 2.5 VA's 2.3 FHA's 2.5 on a, th a th if you have a VA, if you're a VA buyer right now, you're just like, I mean, you hundred percent, no MI. If you're disabled at all, they waive the whole VA fees waived. It's 2.375 on a 30 year fix. That's insane. It's, I mean, if th that's why people go, is it going to get lower? I go. I would be more worried, is it going to go higher? Yeah. Because if we go lower, there's, I mean, we're at a, or the 10 years at 0.652 today or something.
Yeah. So if we go to zero, I don't even know if they drop the rates. Like I don't even know if they're going to go that much lower just because you guys got to remember there's also a volume control issue. Yeah. So, so what you nobody understands is that and we already have that issue right now. Yeah. At the levels. That oh yeah. At. So yeah. there's seven, eleven trillion dollars of residential loans, and they basically say they whoever there's six seven trillion have an opportunity to refi. Mm -hmm. The problem is our industry can only handle about two and a half trillion dollars of loans a year, but remember, they said seven trillion of refinances. I said two and a half trillion total. So there's years no. to catch up. But half of the two and a half trillion is purchases. So we only can do, so everybody's gonna try to jam this through. So I think rates will be low for a while, but if you have opportunity, you can do it now, just get it done. I mean, okay, maybe the rates will an eighth lower or a quarter lower in the future. I mean, come on, this is crazy savings. And also too, if you have a job, you have the equity and why it is now, I mean, we don't, you don't know if things are gonna get worse or better, we just don't know. So I have a question. So say you're somebody who has like a, a $2 million refinance and you're like a business owner and you're not super straightforward. And I know that you had lenders that you went to before. Like non-QM. What? Okay. Non-QM is what it's called. So what does that look like today versus prior? Crap. Terrible. So unless it's basically like this crystal in January, I have a slam dunk hotel deal. Do you have any options in January of this year? Yes. Crystal it's June, uh, 26 at two Oh two. And we shoot this. How many options do you have for that for uh, that hotel? Maybe one or two. It's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, so basically that market that buys that those loans, this is what I've explained before, is why would I buy those loans and pay a premium when I can go buy them on the secondary market at a discount because people basically have to get them off their books and sell them. So it's not just about they don't want to buy them. The buyers can buy the same loan at a discount rate it's like crystal why would you buy this house for a million here when over here you can buy the same house through a different way right, for right. eight hundred thousand right or actually no yeah probably yeah so basically maybe less what you're saying is not available really anymore it, there is a there, there is available there is some available but it's not the rates were we're getting we're seeing rates in the threes high threes and fours all over now your best deal is probably the best scenarios, mid fives to upper fives, and w and it gets really ugly from there, like ugly. Investment properties were lower than five point eight, and that's what a like. There, there's no buyers. So basically, you're, the you buyers that want to buy go cool. We'll buy your loans, Crystal, but we want this is the premium. Got it. So if you're a person now that's purchasing, let's say, a multi-million dollar home and you need a loan, I mean, unless you just are really dead set on buying this house, you might. And there's another thing that's worse about it is everybody, I know I'm not trying to confuse everybody, but when those people sell the loan on the secondary, that lender, right, to the hedge fund, they get paid a premium, as you know, right? They get paid a fee or whatever. Right. They're right now going, we cut that fee too. So we used to pay this nice fee. Now we're not going to. There's no incentive. No, now they're like, oh, you want that loan? Kenny has to charge up front, and we have to charge. Yeah. So it's like cheap private money. So what they're saying is we'll give you the loan, but we're going to make it really unattractive. So hopefully we don't get very many. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't have very many buyers. Is that product going to come back? Yes. That's going to be like crystals, retail, and stuff. Very slow. Why? Because even though those products were performing well, it's made up of 
low doc, 24, 12-month bank statements, a lot of self-employed people. So when there's 20, 30, 40 million people unemployed and the country's in this and a lot of small businesses and things are hurting or not open, do you really want to go make loans to those people right now? Right. So are you seeing this translate into home sales as well? I don't know. I know you do a lot of purchases and you can be talking maybe you're talking to agents out there, but let's say that there are those multi-million dollar homes on the market. Are they maybe not selling as much as the person who could buy and get a conventional loan? I mean, this is definitely, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I did talk to an agent the other day that does this, but uh, let's just be honest here. The jumbo market, um, there's not many jumbo options. And this is, if you, the, the non-QM space was on fire before, like on fire and the light switch just went off. So yeah, this is definitely hurting. I have a guy right now that wants to buy a $3 million house in the water. I'd love to do the deal. And he monkeyed around pre COVID cause he's trying to negotiate and he's just like, they can't sell it. They have a buyer. He'll buy it. And you know who I'm talking about, San Clemente. And he's just like, I don't like the debt. It's terrible. And he's like, I would buy it, but you're not, you cannot guarantee me hundred percent that the debt I get now is going to be cheaper in a year later. Even though you and I go, well, it should be. He goes, well, you can't guarantee that. Right. I can't. Right. So he's like, I'll wait. So they're like, I get a call agent. Is it better? Nope. Still not better. Call me in a month. Got it. Trust me. When it's good, I'll call you. So you don't want to be a seller of a multi-million dollar home right now. No, I mean, you can be, but it's, it's, it's just not as easy. Why is it, Crystal, why is it not easy? Because of the lending. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. If you can't get a loan, you can't buy a house. But I am people. hearing from people that there are the multi-million dollar homes. People forget there's a lot of money. People are paying cash. And this people are just paying cash now, too. And they'll just right. take it so a loan So if you later. have cash right now, you yeah. can get a really good deal, though, because you know that the market's pretty scarce. But the market that's five, seven, eight hundred thousand, a million below is on fire because look at the finance. Right. People that were looking last year with me that could not get a home, they're looking, getting outbidded. They've all pretty much have bought homes and were able to get it. And a lot of them At went right when COVID hit. They're like, we're going to buy a home. Everybody fleed. And they finally got it. They finally got a deal. They finally got in. Got it. Okay. So let's go back to the two to four unit now. I mean, you mentioned that the financing is not great. Do you still think it's a good time? Are you seeing a lot of no, two it's, to four it's, unit it's, financing? It's, it's, look, two to four unit, um, four unit investment property, 25% down, 4% half a point cost. Not terrible terrible no that should be like i told you four unit 25 percent down i would hope to see 3.875 3.75 eventually with zero buy down mm -hmm. that's what i hope i will say uh, just to interject um, between commercial and residential what you do is that i know once you are looking at four unit properties you're like maybe i'll look at apartments so what I'm seeing is because some lenders, especially for first-time apartment owners, might have that impound required for mortgage payments, I'm seeing some would-be first-time apartment buyers potentially buying a four-unit instead because you can get guaranteed the 25% down and you don't, have, you don't have a prepay and they're not holding back any mortgage payments. So are you seeing, as far as guidelines, though, any other requirements now with yeah. COVID as far as oh, yeah. liquidity and all so, that kind of So they do want maybe a little more liquidity, but it's not much. But what they are requiring, which never is, so if you're buying a four-unit, they want to see all the leases because mm -hmm. they want to make sure they're rented yep. and stuff. Um, if you're a real estate investor, never had this before, they've asked me for leases, and I said, 
you want me to go get 130 leases that I'm guessing if I go walk over and ask my wife, they're probably 20 to 30 pages long because it's with a management company. They're like, what am I, did you want to put that in your calculator real quick? So you're going to look at 4,000 pieces of paper. So what I've been doing is calling the manager and saying, give me, you told me, the rent roll, the GL ledger and stuff. They're like, oh, this is way better. And one of them did go to their top. I think they called Fannie and Fannie's like, well, this is, this is active, right? This is like an act. This is more active than a lease. This is like real deal data. I mean, so they took that. that so out, then right? what else? Some of them are requiring too that they want to see proof that you got your rents. So they're making banks. So if you don't have a GL, they want to see bank statements with the, it's a pain in the ass. So yeah, I mean, like, look. We're, we're requiring that too. Think about it. On purchases. Everybody said they're not going to pay rent or your business. It's like your business owner. They're like, cool. Are you getting, are you making money? They, they, they can ask. They have the right to say, I want to see you're making money. Trust me, if you own a restaurant, you're trying to get a refi, these underwriters are not living under a cave, you know, under a whatever, in a cave. They clearly know that you haven't been open. And so, you, look, you could have been out of work. Now you're back to work. We just need to pay stuff. So you could have been furloughed for three months, come right back in this. But what you're checking is if you got bonuses or overtime and things like that, they're looking at that hardly. Like, are you going to get a bonus? Well, you got a bonus before. Are you getting it now? Overtime was before. but are Maybe you you're only getting it overtime because of COVID. So the verification right? employment yeah. has to check bonus. And this is, and we ha we on a pay sub, we have to see bonuses and we have to see overtime. So what's the additional reserves that you're generally needing to see? It's lender by lender, but um, I think it's like the max is probably six months on investment properties. or And then now it's gone down to three. So it's getting lighter. And some of them had some crazy overlays. One of my favorite lenders and they've kindly backed off, but I get it. He, you know, he's like, look, if I'm going to do this deal, I, I don't need, I don't need to do this. Well, is this one of those things too, that some of your lenders that are selling these loans have a really good reputation. And so they get maybe concessions, which is why they're able to be so conservative with you. So for them to tarnish or take a chance at tarnishing their reputation as a lender by getting a bad loan, they worry about buybacks. Right, exactly. So that's all that, they worry about. But that like messes up your report card, so to speak, as a lender. Is that right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's been a factor for you as well. And think about it: if you're a lender, the low hanging fruit right now is owner occupied refis. There's purchases, but the refi, it's like there's it's so many. Refis. I mean, you, it's like walking up to a fruit tree. Why would you go all the way up top on a ladder and grab that one? Well, you could just grab it right there, right? I mean, right. that's what they're doing. It's right there. So when there's all these other outlining, it's like and pretty much most of the country could refinance and save money. Yeah, right? but do you think about it though? And then you have all these other, like just like you, it's like you have all these other opportunities. It's like you got investment or this or that. It's like why would I? Why do I need to do all this stuff? I have enough business right here. Right. Okay. And they're that overloaded. That makes sense. Um, let's see. What else did I not ask you? Is there anything else? Well, one other thing I wanted to point out before I wrap up is a lot of people, too, are doing um, – they're going from a 30-year to a 15-year. So a lot of people are locked in at a 30 or 4%, right? It's not bad. And then all of a sudden they're like – they pay down their mortgage or they're just kind of like, I want to get this freaking thing paid off. Mm -hmm. And since a 15 years around two and a half. That's wild. So what they're thinking about is like, let's just knock this thing out. It's cheap, right? So, you know, I did one calculation with one buddy, somebody, I think over the time, they'll save $100,000 of interest wow. on their loan. So that, so I'm seeing a lot of requests for that. And I'm asking people go, do you think I should do the 15 or 30 year? And I'm like, I really can't answer the question. But what I will tell you is, is like Crystal and I would probably never do a 15 year because if the 30 years, like if I can get a, if I can get a 30 year 
and this is a 2.5, I get three eighths difference. I get we're going to pay, but Crystal and I would rather just say, go give me the 2.8. And if I can pay the 15 year, I'll just pay more right on it. And if I have to, I just cannot pay more. Yeah. But when you get in a 15 year fix and you're locked in, you're committed. you're committed. And if something happens with your job and you can't refinance, you're still committed. Yeah. You can go get the forbearance and all that, but it's still there. So when rates are that low, just, I mean, to me, it's like, if you can really afford the 15 year, then get it. But if not, I just say, Hey, do the 30 year and pay more. Speaking of let's, let's touch on that just for a minute. Uh, you mentioned that word forbearance. And I know, uh, when this whole thing hit a lot of people, I was getting a lot of calls. You were getting a lot of calls about what if I can't pay and what should I do and what are the options and uh, lenders were getting calls. So can you run through that? I mean, if, if let's say there's probably some people out there who've been trying to hold off, but Hey, I mean, the thought of not having to make a payment for a while sounds pretty nice. Is that something you should or shouldn't do? Or what, what do people need to be aware of? Well, if you have to do it, you got to do it. It is what it is. Right. But no, what but are I'm the just risks? saying, what are you going to do? So the risks are this, which we had a, we did a credit guy on the uh, podcast, which he'll be coming out. And he, and I didn't even know this, but he said two things. Number one is I saw it happen, but I didn't know this was happening. If you call your bank and you go, you know, Hey, Hey, Crystal at bank of America, I, I want to talk to you about forbearance. They write that I talked to Crystal about forbearance in the notes. Even if you're just exploring yeah, options. He's saying, this somehow is getting on people's credit. And I had a scenario, a buddy of mine pulled it and he didn't, it's on his, he's paying it. I was like, what? What do you mean it's on there? He's like, I just called and inquired. Then the other thing he told us is it could drop your score 20 to 30 points. Mm -hmm. So just think about if you do call and check it out, like make sure that it's, they're not going to type it in the notes. It's going to go on your credit because if it does get the name number and call them back. So just be careful. You can look online. So the forbearance is it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, some it's lender by lender, but I think what we're the guidance is we're seeing is if you go into forbearance, um, some lenders want to see that you've caught up. So what I don't understand about the forbearance is let's talk about it. They're going to say some of them are not putting on the back of the loan. You got to make up for it. So let's say you miss three payments, then on the fourth month you got to make them all up. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. So you didn't have the money then. So you just save the money and then you pay the four months. I don't understand why you do that. Right. That doesn't make sense. So I'm not going to pay two grand, two grand, two grand. I'm just going to say, cool, I'm going to pay 10 Eight. grand. No, yeah. because you two, four, six, yeah, 8,000 with the payment. Yeah. So let's say you do go into forbearance um, and you basically, you have to make, you have to make it all up. And then some lenders want six months of payments. You've made six months and some are three and some you just get caught up. But here's the other kicker. I just ran across this scenario, which sucks. You co-signed for somebody. That got a forbearance. So you co-signed for me, right? We're brother and sister, right? Yeah. That. It's a sister, sister co-sign. I had this scenario. Call me up. The sister wants to buy a house. Mm. The other sister, she didn't know went into forbearance. But here's the kicker. What does it matter? So she caught up. Okay. But there's another problem that Fannie Mae that we just realized has an address. So I called and we went all the way to the top of one of the lenders. I said, in order for me to not hit me with Crystal's payment, I have to have 12 months of canceled checks. Oh. I have. You don't have the last few months, basically. No, I don't have 12 months. Yeah. So as of right now, Fannie Mae says, if you don't have 12 consecutive payments, I have to hit you for her payment. So I mean, you're hitting from your payment and my payment. So that lady, the girl can qualify no problem without the payment. But now she, she can't qualify. And Fannie Mae has not addressed that. 
you would think logically, like, why would you hit it? But I'm just saying they haven't. Yeah, and a lender's not going to take a risk. So here's the thing is when you're missing car payments or things, you also need to think, did somebody co-sign, number one, right? Number two, you might want to call the person and go, hey, I know you co-signed. Before I do this, like, are you going to be using debt or anything? And if you are, like, you need to, like, talk it out. Like, you just can't go in because so this is affecting other people right now. Right. I just gave you an example. So be careful. Very interesting. So basically, you want to be extremely careful. And you, get, I, and you got to get caught up. Would you say that the the advice is if you can absolutely avoid it, I would not recommend trying to do a forbearance? Yeah, because, um, yeah. Like, I, you should consider refinancing and saving on your payment before you go into forbearance. Yeah, and some people took it just to take it because, right, like, oh, great. And yeah. I think they thought, like, oh, just – but. But people aren't sure if things were going to get worse yeah. and they were just scared. But now they're like, or, great, pay yeah. now, pay later. Right. They're, they're paying now all the money. Right. Got it. Okay. Yep. Well, I think that was a good kind of overview, recap of where we're at with financing. Yeah, I mean, I think the opportunities, I think people know the opportunities are really refis. I think with you too, the opportunities, the refis are going to be coming soon where people are going to be able to get some really great refis in and purchase. Money. Yeah, and I would say for myself and probably even for you, um, even if you don't think that your scenario is great right now or that it's a good time, it's, it's worth a phone call just to see where you're at because it could be right around the corner. Again, we have clients who are kind of prepared with us waiting on the sidelines. They've got us all their information and we're kind of just waiting for the time to be right and we'll let them know when it is. So um, we have a lot of clients doing that. So I would encourage anybody out there who is considering it to actually reach out and just be prepared uh, for when the time comes, even if it's not today. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.